Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Let's dive in. I'm your host, Ryan Laudermilk. I've been at Microsoft for over a decade. My most recent focus is OKR methodologies and software. I am joined by my coworker from Microsoft, Spencer Paisley. Spencer comes to us from Ally, where we got our OK software. Now it's called Viva Goals. Spencer, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right. Here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about why OKRs. Why OKRs? Why should a team, an organization, a company decide to implement OKRs? Now, if you're listening to this uh, podcast, I would imagine you know what OKRs are. But if you don't, they're objectives and key results. Quite simply, they are a way to set goals uh, to track your progress and then to achieve your goals. So why, um, let's start with you, Spencer. What would be your number one reason why a team, an organization, a company should choose to implement OKRs for their people? Yeah, great question. We've got so much to talk about. But um, you know, the biggest thing for me that it, it's always come back to, um, and I, I think about it even OKR or not, is really changing your mindset to have an outcome focus. I think a lot of people set goals, both personal and professional, um, where they, you know, are sort of aiming for the moon and, and setting, um, you know, your sort of lofty, verbose and inspirational goal that doesn't necessarily include the specific outcomes that you're aiming to get to. And I actually, just before uh, we started chatting here, I had a conversation uh, with some of my coworkers where we said, hey, look, before we even start talking about the, the topic we had at hand, let's understand what the outcome it is for the customer that, that we're trying to eventually get to. And so by starting there and having a clear understanding, ideally a very measurable understanding um, of what it is that you're trying to eventually get to, I think you have a much greater clarity in terms of the path to actually get there, but as well as an understanding of whether or not you're on track, off track, and whether or not you're going to hit your goal or you overshot it, uh, et cetera. And so it, it really comes back to just identifying those outcomes so that everybody has a very clear understanding of uh, eventually what you're aiming to achieve. Let's talk a little bit about that. Identifying outcomes. Could you, off the fly, uh, just give me an example of a well-defined outcome and perhaps perhaps a bad outcome. Give me in any order that you'd like, but could you give me an example? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'll actually give an example from my personal life because I live in a, a little mountain town in the, the state of Idaho and I had a, a goal for myself and I would describe this as a bad goal to say, hey, I want to go skiing all the time. Right now, that's not necessarily a bad personal goal for me to achieve, sure. but at least in the context of OKRs and being outcome oriented, um, that doesn't necessarily give me a clear understanding of what I'm actually trying to get to, right? Does going skiing all the time mean every day? Does it mean once a week? Does it mean going for a large duration of time? Um, and so a better way of crafting that from an outcome perspective and, and one that I've uh, set upon myself is I want to try to get a hundred days in of skiing. So setting a specific number there where I take at least three runs. Cause at least for me, just going up to the mountain and scanning my pass and then saying, well, I went skiing today, you know, wasn't really what I was going for. And so by being a little bit more clear with this personal example, I said, look, I'm, 
shooting for 100 days, and I want to make sure I, I have a specific amount of time that I'm going for so that I can ensure that it felt like an appropriate um, amount of time. So getting more specific and, and more measurable there for me creates a much clearer outcome that I can then track towards. And so, you know, just to, to continue on with that for a moment, um, you know, I've, I've sort of looked at, okay, what are the, the total number of days that I have available for me? Um, how much time is it going to take me to get out there? Um, and, uh, you know, how many how many times can I fit it in after work before the, uh, the mountain closes? And so now I'm tracking in, okay, I've got X number of days completed. I've got X number of days that I can still take off, uh, et cetera. So it's, it's made it a much... Um, much, much better way for me to track this. And, and I can make decisions accordingly, right? If I've um, got a, a rough day at work and I'm just not really feeling it, then I can say, you know what? I know how much time uh, I have available to myself. I know what my goal is and I can make better decisions as a, as a uh, product of that. I dig it. I dig it. So for you, again, identifying outcomes, in other words, when you're, when you're making or you're writing that key result, that it's measurable, necessary, and sufficient. And you're really zooming in on that measurable, right? I noticed, by the way, 100 days with at least three runs, right? I mean, you and I are smiling, but it's, it's, it's um, you know, as OKR coaches, it's, that's exactly what we're looking for for a key result, that it's measurable. Don't just tell me you want to do more of something, but let's get very specific and measure it. And, and if you do that well, if the outcome is identified, if you focus on that outcome and it's written well, then to your point, um, one of the great things about implementing OKRs for your people is it's very clear what their goal is and what they're striving for, and then whether or not they've gotten there or whether or not they haven't. And then they can do a reflect and reset at the end and say, hey, why didn't I get there? But if you don't define it, like you said, if you don't identify that outcome at the beginning, you're going to spend 12 weeks in an OKR cycle. You're like, well, actually, you pushed off the dock and you frankly were never going to get there um, because you didn't identify the outcome. I love it. Okay. So for me, I'm going to take the wheel and just yank it sharp left across the median into oncoming traffic. I'm going to go a little crazy. For me, the number one reason that I love OKRs is because they're loving and they're thoughtful. They're loving and they're thoughtful. Allow me to expand on this a bit. So as a leader, it is a loving and thoughtful act to communicate clearly what matters most to the team, the company, and the organization. Like That is one of the best things a leader can do um, the opposite of that, by the way, is ambiguity and chaos, right? Which are the byproduct of of poor leadership and bad culture, right? Which is like just constant chaos, ambiguity. No, everybody comes in each day has no idea that the work, what work they're doing, or whether or not their work matters. And so, for me, one of the things that excites me the most when I come into a team, a company, an organization is giving those leaders the opportunity to do something loving and thoughtful to their people, which is to clearly communicate with, by definition what matters most? What is it that you can do that will, as an individual, matter the most? Um, and that way, what ends up happening is, is if you do this as a leader, if you implement OKRs and you clearly, as you said, define the outcomes, define the key results, define the objectives and key results, then what ends up happening is the goal or when you know you've arrived is that individual comes in each and every day and knows exactly what they're doing and they know that their work matters. And the literature tells us that that is actually pretty darn important, right? People want to be um, appreciated. They want to be affirmed, but they also want to know that the work that they're doing actually matters. And so for me, uh, my number one is, is loving and thoughtful. Your number one was skiing. I think, no, I'm sorry. It was, it was identifying outcomes. I'm just messing with you. 
So, but that's, that's critical. What would you say, number two? So you've identified your outcome. Your team knows what you're working on. What's your close second? What is another reason, another advantage to implementing OKRs? So I'm going to actually build off of what you said a little bit here around a leader provide, essentially being loving to an extent in the way that they're able to clearly identify to the, the people that they are leading what the direction of the organization is um, in the sense that, you know, you always hear from a, you hear lots of leaders say this, right? I've, I know I've done my job well if I've hired only people who are smarter than me, right, to, to essentially run the rest of the, the company. And, you know, I, I think the use of OKRs is sort of the, the complete opposite of the authoritarian type of leadership style. But if you do go down the OKR route, what it really instills is a huge amount of creativity within your people. And what I mean by that is um, a good leader who's providing sort of that loving direction, so to speak, by like setting maybe just objectives, maybe not even key results, um, really instills within their people a creativity to identify what's most important for them to focus on. Like I've worked with a lot of different leaders across the customers that I help support, as well as some of the leaders across Microsoft who've said, you know what, I'm going to give us a rather broad sense of direction. And I want you all to come figure out what the key results were. And so it instilled a level of creativity within those folks to say, okay, I have much more ownership in, in driving the direction of where it is we're moving forward, or at least, you know, identifying those outcomes. And then what I love about that is, um, by tracking your key results or tracking those outcomes as you move along the way, you're inevitably going to come to a point with at least one key result where you're not on track, right? You, you're, you're not going, as it stands today, to fully achieve what it is that you set out to achieve. And so the other level of creativity that I like that comes into this is because you know where you are and you know where you have to get to, you don't necessarily know what it is that you need to do in order to get to your final destination. And it provides a lot of flexibility when done when done properly in, in terms of using OKRs for folks to really be creative in terms of what they're actually going to do to achieve those key results, right? And that's, that's what I, I really enjoy because... Um, you know, I, I'm one that, that kind of thrives in ambiguity, but I like that not everything is, is always figured out, right? Sometimes I'll work with customers and they will say, well, Spencer, what should our OKRs be? And I go, I don't know. If, that, if I knew the answer, that would be really easy, right? Um, right? The point is you're adapting and you're learning and being creative to figure out, okay, how are we going to get there even if things aren't going well? And so that creativity element of getting to, you know, help dictate what the, uh, the key results were in the first place, but more importantly, how you're actually going to get there, I think is a, a very empowering one that um, oftentimes might go a little underrated when it comes to OKRs. I love it. I love it because by definition, the OKR framework, and you said it, it anticipates a 50% cascade down, but it anticipates a 50% cascade sort of up, right? And that's exactly what you're saying. That's where we get that creativity and quite frankly, the innovation, that's what we're wanting, right? We want to hire, and we, we say this all the time, right? We want to hire really smart people, give them really hard, you know, things to do, hard challenges, and then watch them solve them. And that's exactly right, right? I, I would go so far as to say that 
a poor implementation of the OKR framework would be this 100% cascade down, right? Where it's literally, I'm telling you exactly what I want you to do, exactly how I want you to do it. Just do it. I don't care whether or not you feel satisfied or not. Just do what I told you to do. And that's just antithetical to the OKR framework. It really, to your point, even so bold as to say, I may not even, I'll do the objectives. I may not even do the KRs underneath them. Um, but I really need you. And I think you can. I think, and that's exactly what, we, you know, the implementations that I've been in charge of is we do, I do have um, the leader specify their mission, specify their strategy. What is perhaps maybe their annual OKR, their single objective and the KRs underneath that. But then they certainly, I say, you're done. You're the one, you're the one person in the organization that gets the single token where you really only have to do this once a year, right? Granted, of course, I'm being cheeky. You know, you can go in and six months later, kind of realign things. But ultimately, they say, hey, this is what we're about this year, fueling partner profitability. That is what we're about for all 12 months. And then you hire really smart people and say, listen, how are we going to rationalize that, right? Um, and so I love that. I, you're absolutely right. It's something that, quite frankly, it's easy to forget that what, frame, what that framework, what the OKR framework provides is this wonderful playground to say, hey, you're smart. Figure these really hard things out. I dig it. All right, number two for me, um, OKRs force us to choose. OKRs force us to choose good gravy. I mean, it's just like, please just make a decision. You kind of alluding to this before. What should I do? I don't know, but I can tell you, you need to make a decision. I was uh, recently talking to a startup. They've got about 18 people. So classic startup, a mix of engineers, uh, business executives, and um, field experts. Uh, And there is so much that these folks could do. Um, it was quite amazing. It was uh, something ocean-based, something geo-ocean. I had to do with equipment that I'd never even heard of. But I mean, you have to imagine some of these experts, you're like, I didn't even know I did this equipment existed, but yet you're an expert in it. Like, this is crazy. But here was the weird juxtaposition. And that is, there is a lot that they could do, but you know exactly where I'm going. What should we do? And they, and they literally were asking that question. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, first of all, I've never even operated a piece of ocean equipment. So I'm the wrong person for you to ask this. But that's exactly where OKRs come in. That's exactly, if you implement the framework, then it forces you to choose, right? We can't say yes to everything. That's obvious. Although I shouldn't say that's obvious. Some companies do say yes to everything and they burn folks out. But what it means is we have to say no to more things and then yes to a few. And, and you have to choose. And so when I'm running an OKR workshop, it's very typical, very typical for me to ask the team, not what matters most. That's a very common question, but I'll, I'll add this little caveat. I'll say, what matters most now? What do we need to do now in the next 12 weeks? Um, and then why do we need to do that? And then that's kind of where that conversation will start. And listen, we got to pick and we got to choose. And ultimately you derive to, what do we need to do in the next 12 weeks? What do we need to do now? And I love the fact that um, the framework forces you to make a decision. So that that part, I think, is, is super meaningful. I know it has been in the implementations that I've done where I've walked in and I've asked, hey, what's the mission? What's the strategy? And they all kind of look at each other and I'm like, oh, good gravy. Uh, we have, Nobody knows the missions. Like, you mean you can't recite this to me? Okay, let's start there. Let's probably pen that, right? Um, but then again, right then and there, the framework's forcing you to choose. What is our mission? We can't say our mission is everything. What are we about? Then let's label down our strategy. What are the three things that we do to get to our mission? And then finally, they've got to label out their OKRs. What are you going to do in the next 12 weeks or in the next year to see that come through? So for me, it's OKRs forces to choose. Okay, one more. If you had to choose one more that you love about OKRs, what would be your final choice? 
The last one for me is, is a, I'm going to say a hybrid of two different words. It's, it's collaboration, but also discoverability. And I'll, I'll tie those two together. Now it's collaboration because from my mind, I, th- I think when OKRs are done best, you're sharing OKRs, right? You're not just creating an OKR for me, for just my team, but you are going out to those people that you regularly interact with, to those teams that you rely on from a dependency perspective, and you're having conversations to say, hey, where can we share OKRs? Where can we share a key result? You know, Where do we maybe have a project that ties into this as well? Because I truly believe that the best way to keep people aligned towards a common goal is to literally share the exact same common goal, right? It sounds so simple, but you wouldn't believe how many folks will repeat the same, right, the same metric or the same measure with a different target or a different timeline, et cetera. And so being collaborative in the sense of, number one, just ensuring that you are actually focused on the same outcome, I think is really, really critical. And then additionally, you know, I'll kind of tie in my creativity one here a little bit as well. But when you start to involve the true group of people that are responsible for making that a success, you're bringing a lot of minds together, right? The group is always smarter than the individual. And you can encourage a ton of creativity and collaboration to to ideally come to the best path for you to achieve that outcome. Um, and so, you know, I, I love the collaborative aspect of that. And then additionally, you know, there are times where the OKR might not be the right area of focus, right? We haven't mentioned that so far, but in in trying to figure out what it is that you need to do right now, you're inevitably going to choose something that was not the right thing to do right then and there. But if you're having regular open dialogue and you're getting a variety of perspectives, you can very quickly pivot the conversation or pivot the focus towards what actually is going to be relevant. And so I think that, you know, by involving multiple groups of people, that's that's really important. And then the other factor around discoverability element of this is, sure, you might share a common outcome, a common key result, or maybe a common entire OKR that you both are, are working across, be it an individual or a team or a department or you know whatever group of people. Um, but the reality is you're not all going to be focused on the exact same thing, right? It's pretty rare for two groups to truly be focused on the exact same set of outcomes. And so um, rarely outside of the OKR method, are you able to get a glimpse into what the goals of every group of people, organization, team, department, et cetera, really is across your company? And, you know, from an individual standpoint, for me, I'm always very curious to sort of see how different groups operate, understand what's a priority for them. And so, you know, when using a tool like Viva Goals, for instance, I can just go in and discover all sorts of information about what people's focus areas are, what's really driving them from an outcome perspective. And I always try to position myself as a helper to, to be as helpful as possible. And if I'm informed and I can then go and say, hey, I see you're driving towards this outcome. Have you thought of this? Can I help you in this way? What can I do for you? Um, that's a really powerful tool in your arsenal, both as, as an individual for myself, but also as a team to be able to say, you know what, I don't know if we are as aligned as we really you know, could be. And so the ability to, to collaborate and discover without needing to have conversation or you know, review PowerPoint deck after PowerPoint deck, um, I think really is... Uh, you know, an, an effective way to use OKRs to the best of their ability, because at the end of the day, we're tracking a whole bunch of information. It just turns out to be uh, some of the most important information to dictate uh, where folks are, are moving.
Ugh, that was so good. I'm going to summarize what you told me. Uh, identify outcomes, right? Really be specific. Make sure that they're measurable. Identify your outcomes. The second thing was for you was creativity, right? The fact that now we have built, I mean, if I'm, I'm going to probably paint with broad strokes here, but like we've built the playground, we've defined it. Now go and play on it. Wreck it up. Make, make great things happen. Creativity. And then I loved this last one, collaboration and discoverability, right? The idea, and this is the holy grail, dare I say, right? Which is this idea. And in fact, when you were describing the work environment of what it would be like to collaborate with people and then to, to discover what other folks are working on and care for them, there are people who are listening to this going, do places like that exist? Could I actually work? Could I actually work at a company that functions like that? And this is exactly what OKRs are able to do. This is what happens when you implement Viva Goals into your organization. Now, again, does it happen day one? Certainly not. Do you need a coach to help you get there? Absolutely. Is it possible? Yes, it is. And so I love it. I love it. Okay, so my last one, uh, OKRs keep us accountable. I just said that word right now and people are like, I, I don't want to be held accountable. I, I don't want anybody to. So here it is. There is no person on the planet that does not benefit from accountability. I mean, it just, it is the true, it's a true statement. We need each other. You so much have said that several times throughout this episode. We need each other. We're, we were made for relationships. Uh, and when we look at some of the biggest events, the biggest milestones, the biggest achievements of our lives, if we look to our left and to our right, there are people there. There are people there that have helped us. They've picked us up when we were down. They've rooted, root, you know, rooted for us, etc. And so we need accountability. And OKRs provide accountability. Uh, they remind us of what we said we wanted to do, right? How we were going to do it. And then we're forced to track our progress. Uh, and again, a lot of us, for whatever reason, accountability has a negative connotation. I fear it's because when I say accountability, people say uh, legalism, which is actually when you're not opting in. That's the opposite of accountability. That's when you haven't asked anybody to hold you accountable, but they've decided to do it anyway. And you're like, well, that's great, but I didn't ask you to help me. Uh, but again, if you can have now, again, I would say though, that teams that are running under OKR frameworks, there does need to be psychological safety, right? You need that position to say, yeah, I'm fine with you holding me accountable. I'm fine with being transparent, but it can't be weaponized. And so that again, OKRs, I say it all the time are not a replacement for poor leadership and bad culture. If you have poor leadership yeah, and bad culture, uh, you know, installing Viva goals, is not all of a sudden you're going to wake up one morning and say, wow, our leadership is wise and our culture is amazing. That's not going to happen. But where you have great leadership and great culture, OKRs is a great add-on. And ultimately, what it ends up happening is with that accountability, we're forced to ask this question. And that is, did we succeed or did we fail? Either way, what did we learn? And that's exactly what we'll do at the end of OKR, an OKR cycle. We'll reflect and reset. Hey, this has been great. Uh, Spencer, do you have the socials? I mean, uh, do, do people need to go to Instagram to see you crushing a black diamond? Where, where <laughs> Do you have anything like that where people can find you? Oh, I've been, you know, it's a great question. I would say feel free to, to add me or follow me on LinkedIn. I would say that's kind of the, the social that I'm most active on as much as you know, I love social media. It, it, it can be a beauty and a beast. And so I try not to spend too much time over there. But uh, yeah, Spencer Paisley, find me on LinkedIn. That's where uh, that's where the OKR content will be. That's for sure. So I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. All right. Um, if you liked what you heard today, um, if you enjoyed this kind of content, you can join our community. Uh, go and find us at thelittleoknewsletter.com. 
thelittleokrnewsletter.com. Listen, you can spend your time any which way you choose. Uh, Spencer and I appreciate you spending a little bit of uh, with us. So thank you, and we will talk to you soon.